0: I'm Tina Waldrum, the host of this podcast. Welcome to you if this is the first time you've listened along. First up, some very exciting news as we head into Christmas. Many people have asked me for some ideas and some practical ways to share their faith, so I've put together an online Christmas course for 2022 to help you. I'll share an outreach-focused devotion each day and give you a very practical idea to reach out to those around you. I'll be online myself each day and chatting with you through the private community. I'd love to meet you. You can access the course at www.evangelisminaustralia.com forward slash christmas course a big thank you to everyone who has shown some love to us for the podcast we are now a finalist for christian podcast of the year very very exciting now let's get into this week's episode Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum, and today I'm speaking with Tracy Lowerson, and we are talking about sharing Jesus when your health is failing. Now, Tracy is a minister at Warrigal Anglican Church in Victoria and had this brush with cancer. We've talked about lots of things, but I really wanted to discuss with her this story and how she was able to share Jesus even in this situation. Welcome to you, Tracy.
1: Oh. Thank you, Tina. Great to be with you.
0: Fantastic to have you along and I guess no one expects to have a brush with cancer, but you know, more so you're highly involved in church work. What was the world like and what was happening when you actually did find out that this was going on in your life?
1: Well, it was 2012 and uh, we were on a beautiful family holiday in America. We were on a skiing holiday in Colorado in a great place called Breckenridge. And that was when I discovered a lump in my breast. And I hate to say it, but I was so busy that even when we got back to Melbourne um, about two weeks later, that was January, and it was not until probably maybe two weeks before Easter that I finally went to the doctor. I just hate to say that because a really stupid thing and I was just super busy at work and uh, I should have gone to the doctor as soon as I returned to Australia. Breast cancer is a fast-growing cancer. So by the time it was diagnosed just before Easter, I think it was it had just nudged its way into what they call stage two. That was 2012. Um, I was working in a terrific church in Melbourne, and I'd been there only for uh, I think, about 14 months or so. So it was it was pretty tough to have a diagnosis like this when you're still pretty early in your ministry at a particular church.
0: The encouraging thing for me today, you're well, aren't you?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's... Um, I've past all my milestones and it's now 10 years and I'm considered cured. Fantastic. Yeah, very fortunate. I think if you get a diagnosis of any kind of disease for the first time, you realise that um, you know it can be very serious or it can be just at the beginning when it's discovered. And um, fortunately for me, it was quite early on. Uh, so the prognosis was very good.
0: Yeah, which is really wonderful to hear. I was so encouraged when I heard your story and the fact that even through through this time, very challenging time, and going through chemo, you were still having opportunities to share your faith or even had the mindset to share your faith. I understand that when you went to chemo you used your ministerial name, so to speak, you were Reverend Tracy. Did you do that deliberately?
1: I did do it deliberately. Just um, probably a few days before I had surgery um I read a a tract by John Piper, who's an American preacher, well-known pastor, and it was called Don't Waste Your Cancer. And he had written it himself the night before he went to cancer surgery um, quite a few years ago. And in that little small booklet, it was a real sort of like tough love uh, kind of booklet, which encouraged, encouraged me to see even this this suffering as an opportunity, um, as something that God had designed for me at this time to go through, that it was going to be part of my own journey of discipleship as a Christian person, as a follower of Jesus. um, I somehow had to, to make the most of it, bring my situation into my discipleship as a Christian, uh, which meant I couldn't compartmentalise. I wasn't going to achieve anything if I tried to compartmentalise this this problem, this suffering, this journey out of the rest of my spiritual life. It had to be sort of front and centre, part of my identity while I went through it. Yeah, so it was a really, uh, it was a tough love little tract um, but it helped me to see how this wasn't some blip or accident, but that, but that I could expect that if I was willing, God would actually use this um, as part of my own growth uh, spiritually, and as part of my own growth too. Like I was very aware that um, we need always to be prepared to uh, to share the reason why we have hope in God. And one of the things that suffering of any kind does for you when you're going through a difficult situation is it actually puts you in touch with the doubt um, and the lack of hope, which many people in the world have, uh, you know, because our world has fallen and because we we face trouble all the time. So going through some trouble ourselves as Christian people, I think, puts us in touch with um, the very real need for hope. So... I did um, every time I checked into hospital for the surgery or later on uh, for chemotherapy. I did always check in as um, as a priest. I called myself Reverend Tracy Lowerson. I used I used my ordained name, and I did that as a way of somehow wearing my faith on my sleeve and inviting the possibility that I might um, get to talk to people. Uh, that I encountered at hospital about my faith yeah.
0: Fantastic and I think yes make it work for you because sometimes it doesn't actually work for you I know myself I was employed by churches for years and sometimes I, I wouldn't you know mention that but in this situation has worked very well for you. Let me ask you a question before um, I asked some of those opportunities that you had to share your faith and how that worked. How would you have approached this had you not read this tract, this tough love type tract? How would you have seen your cancer? It sounds like that was quite a pivotal reading for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a fairly private person, which is probably why it's taken me 10 years or so to be willing to, to talk about this. And I think, I think i would have preferred to go through all of the treatment and actually not tell anyone. But because I was in a very public ministry, I thought I have to, I have to be willing to do what I hope the people I lead in this church would do if they face this situation, which is to tell other people about it, to ask for prayer and to be transparent about the journey as, as you're going along. Yeah, I think if I'd worked in a different context, I might have just um, tried to not tell people about this. But I had to be a model of what I hoped that other people in my church would do when they encountered the same situation. Um, And that meant letting them know, letting them pray for me, letting them drop off meals and things like that as I was going through treatment, which gave them an opportunity to care for me as well.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you for that honest answer. I can't imagine how difficult for time that would be, and then to you know wrestle through some of those issues also when you are involved in a public space. So tell me about some of these fun times that you had.
1: Yeah, I I relate to you when you say that uh, sometimes you don't want to share that you're a minister because you know it can completely close down conversation. And I'm sure that some people saw saw this um, reference and just thought, oh gosh, I'm not going to talk to them. But I did actually. Have a a number of opportunities which were really special. So, the first one was when I went uh, to hospital for chemotherapy the first time, and uh, I was booked in to stay in a room with one other patient. That other patient had arrived before me. It was a lady who was going through the same treatment as me. I can't remember if this was her first dose or, or whether she was further along in the journey. Um, but when I checked in and she was already in sitting in bed, she was already settled in waiting for the nurses to bring the drugs along and so on. Uh, she had looked at um, the name on the bed next to hers. And when I walked in, she said, she said oh, she said, "I'm so glad that you're here." She said, "I really need to talk to a minister." And uh, chemo takes a lot of hours, and we were both in overnight, actually, and we talked um, for many hours. And she had um, she was a Christian lady who had wandered away from her faith for for quite a few years, and so we had a great opportunity to talk about that and why that had happened, and um, I had the great. Privilege of encouraging her in her faith and and being able to pray a prayer with her of recommitment to faith later on that evening. So that was the first opportunity, which um, was a great encouragement to me as well. Because as I said, it's good if you can see what you're going through as part of your spiritual journey. And um, I felt like God had showed me what was possible when you're when you're willing to be transparent about about what you're going through as a Christian person. So that was the first opportunity.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think people are, you know, when people are in distressed times, particularly in this bit space, when your health is really failing you, you feel it's really failing you, you are looking for hope. Well, most people are looking for hope, don't you feel?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that If we do have faith, as this lady had faith but had walked away from faith for a number of years, I think that um, facing what could be a life-threatening diagnosis put her very much in touch with that lack of hope that she had in her life, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, just listening to your story, there are spaces, particularly these times, if we feel our own health is failing, it still is so powerful to be able to share ourselves that we do have some hope even though it's not how we expect it it's not the perfect life but we can still actually share that we still have some hope or trust through these difficult situations which does comfort other people
1: very much so
0: tell me about uh, one of these other stories that you (laughs) had the joy of being a part of
1: Cancer treatment takes about, I think it was seven or eight months. And sometimes um, if I was feeling a bit low and I wanted to cheer myself up, I would hop on the train. We lived um, about 10 kilometres from the city. I'd hop on the train and go into the Chanel counter in David Jones Um, where they would uh, introduce me to some lovely new makeup that might sort of patch up my eyebrows which were falling out and things like this. And I'd hop on the train and go in and have a a couple of hours in town and and come back, a bit of retail therapy. But on one particular day when I was doing this, um, I, I wanted an opportunity to talk about my faith and I prayed in the morning that God would give me an opportunity to share my faith. And I put into my handbag a little uh, booklet, it was the Gospel of John. And then I walked down to the station and I was amazed that like within 20 minutes of saying this prayer and walking down to the station, I actually did have an opportunity, which was a very funny opportunity. Um, And I wrote it down in my journal. So this is 10 years ago, but I'll read out what happened. I didn't have a ticket for the train. I had to buy a ticket. So I walked over to the the fellow who was selling the tickets on Camberwell Station in Melbourne, and the conversation went like this. He says to me, two hour, zone one? And I say, yes, thanks. Four dollars, he says. And I say, is FPOS okay? He says, yes, that's fine. So I pay for the ticket, and as I take the ticket, he says to me... Quite unexpectedly, he says, ma'am, I hope you have a wonderful day in the city and that all your dreams come true. Now, this is an odd thing for someone to say, but um, it kind of gave me pause for a moment. And uh, I don't know if I started to think that this might be an opportunity, but I I responded to him and I said to him, you know, I I have a great life already. Thank you. Life, Life is good. And then he went on, he said, yes, ma'am, I come from a big city in India. And I think if we all respect each other, that that's what makes for a good life. And for some reason, I said to him, are you a Christian? And he said to me, no, ma'am, I'm a global citizen. I don't believe in any religion. And I said, I think there is a spiritual element to life that we need to explore. And I pull out my little booklet of John's gospel out of my handbag, ready to give it to him. And he says to me, ma'am, so respectful, he says, ma'am, I often meet people like you on stations who give me things to read and I don't need them. And I say, oh, okay." And I start to put it back into my handbag. And he says, but to make you happy, I will take it. And I promise you, I'll read it and I say to him, well, that's great. You've made my day wonderful now. Thank you very much. And I give him the gospel, and I take my receipt, and I turn to walk down the platform. And then he says to me, it was just hilarious, he says to me, will you autograph this for me? (laughs) And I say, sure. And I sign it, and I sign it, Reverend Tracy Lowerson, I put my church's details on the note and I say, come to church one day. And I say, I hope you will come to church one day. You'd be very, very welcome. Now, I don't know what went on for him further down the track, but I do think sometimes that um, for me, like going through the treatment, it does open you up to have all sorts of conversations. Uh, So, for example, with this fellow at the station and there was another fellow, sometimes I would just walk down our back lane to the petrol station, which was near the house, to buy um, a litre of milk or two litres of milk. And I would often encounter the same fellow who was working behind the counter there. And I think you're in such an unusual situation when you're going through treatment that it opens your eyes and your willingness to have conversations with strangers. And so I think a bit of that was happening for me as well. I certainly made some other new friends um, going through treatment. Getting cancer is a bit like joining a club, and it gives you an empathy with one another, others who are going through the same sorts of things as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I just love your mindset that we can still be sharing Jesus even when our health is failing. But I guess what you're showing me Tracy is you are you certainly have to have a a willingness or a a mindset if you if your health is failing and you're a Christian first of all even having a mindset that okay still I'm a part of the great commission during this time I'm like you said I'm not trying to make this a certain compartment of my life but it needs to still be a part of my full Christian expression, which I think is just so helpful.
1: Yeah, well, it helped me too, and it was an encouragement to um, the people at church. I'd share these stories with them. The story about when I went down to the station, it happened because I prayed about it, and I think prayer does two things. When we pray for an opportunity to share our faith with someone, the prayer, of course, is a stepping into the very throne room of God, and asking for this thing to happen, but also praying for it puts it in the front of our mind so that when I went down to the station, my mind was open to the possibility of talking to someone because I'd prayed about it, because I'd thought about it in the morning and, and popped this little tract into my handbag. Um, so I think that prayer is a very important trigger for us if we want an opportunity, I can't think of any time when I have prayed for an opportunity and it hasn't happened. Um, so I think that prayer is the very important first thing to do and to just be ourselves.
0: 100%. And I think sometimes as Christians, maybe I'll just talk about myself, Tracy. you can feel sometimes if your health is failing or something's not right in your life, you can think, oh, really, is this the time for me to even say anything even make a connection to God at all, (laughs) can that stop some people from wanting to even share their faith during those tough times?
1: As Christian people, if we face some life-threatening, potentially life-threatening situation or just some extreme hardship, we can be so uncertain about our faith at that point. Like, why, why is this happening to me? Is God upset with me? It, am I being punished? You know, we can ask all of those questions. And unless we're willing to open up those doubts, open up those that whole situation to God, uh, we won't grow through it. So that's why I think it's very important to, to process it all in the bigger context of your life and your faith. Um, be open to God actually growing you as a person through this, not just seeing it as it's a problem which has to be fixed, but it's part of my life at the moment. And I'm going to lean into what God is um, wanting to walk me through at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's very powerful.
1: Knowing that God is good and uh, that whatever happens, the outcome is going to be good.
0: Let me just go back to your comment about you're usually a very private person. You said it's taken you 10 years to talk about this um, publicly. There were lots of people listening to this um, episode, Tracy, that would feel that way. I'm quite a private person. What's a couple of (laughs) – give me a couple of tips of how – what did you find to help yourself kind of move through that and to be able to want to share more publicly about your own health that it could help others?
1: Well, I I felt fairly conflicted about it, and I was certainly doing a few things which, um, as I look back on them now, I think um, I didn't want this to become my identity. I didn't want to be identified as a victim throughout this process. So I heard about the possibility of freezing the hair on my head um, in order to stop it falling out during chemo. And I purchase these things that are—it's—they're like really—it's like a frozen nappy you put on your head. With it's full of dry ice, and it keeps your scalp, the hair follicles, so cold that the the drug doesn't reach them and so your hair doesn't fall out. So that's one thing I did and it was effective. I I did lose a lot of my hair, but I I kept enough that I could walk down the street or I could stand up the front at church and I felt like people weren't looking at me thinking, oh, poor thing, you know. So certainly I was a bit conflicted and I also, and this was a foolish thing when I look back, I worked all the way through treatment. Uh, As a minister, you have fairly flexible hours. I I was fortunate to be able to drop my preaching load about half, um, so I lightened my workload a bit. But I was able to go into work um, throughout the throughout the whole time. I worked through when I was going through radiation. I had the radiation treatment at about I think it was seven thirty a.m. each day, so that I could make it into the office. And as I look back on that, I think um, part of that's good, and it certainly keeps you keeps you happy. Um, when you're distracted by work. But part of it was me not just just not wanting this to take over who I was as a person. So then that's balanced with a willingness also to say, I am going through this and I would appreciate your prayers. Um, so I think, you know, just working out that balance is something that we each need to do.
0: Yes, absolutely. So let's kind of summarise Tracy, sharing Jesus when your health is failing. Let's imagine tomorrow I wake up, my health is starting to really fail, but I still want to share Jesus. What things do I need to keep at the front of my mind as a Christian?
1: Oh, I, I just think you need to pray. Um, you need to keep engaging with God, keep going back to God, uh, even if you feel like maybe you've hit a bit of a wall, um, you don't know what the future holds, but... Uh, God can take you through that. So, you know, keep working on your own spirit and uh, be a person of prayer and pray for an opportunity to to talk about your faith in a very genuine way. Uh, And I think those opportunities will come to you. And I think you'll grow as a person through it.
0: Yeah, I think being genuine is the key, isn't it? You, you've got to just be able to be honest about what's going on in your life and be able to share from from that from that position.
1: Yeah, I think reading scripture is important too because um, the the longer I am a Christian person, the less I uh, the less I'm attracted to sharing my faith in a formulaic way, but rather wanting to just listen to someone and engage with them where they are. And when we read scripture, um, we read it regularly, then I think that in those moments the Holy Spirit will call to our mind just the right verse or just the right, um, the right instruction for us to, to engage in a, in a good conversation. Um, so prayer, reading scripture, uh, being genuine, and the doors hopefully will open. Yes,
0: absolutely. Well, this has been a fascinating interview. I am going to um, put some links in the show notes and things that you can stay connected to, Tracy. But we are moving into Christmas here in Australia. Well, around the world we're moving into Christmas, but time people listening to this episode. And so I want to encourage you that even if you are going through a tough time, even if you are having a a health issue or moving through a a stage like that, that continue to press into the Lord, as Tracy's saying, but look for opportunities in this very unique situation. You're going to be around people that maybe you are not going to be around forever, hopefully, and you're going to be in community with people that are all new and there's wonderful opportunities for you to even share your faith through these tough times. So Tracy, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your story. I appreciate how hard it is to finally talk about that. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, Tina. Great speaking with you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Win-Win Evangelism podcast today. If this was helpful for you, please share it with others so they can learn also. If you, your small group or your church would like to upskill more in personal evangelism, learn how it can be easy, natural and not forced, why don't you check out our online free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. I trust that our podcast and our online personal evangelism course can be a blessing to you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.